Welcome back to Camp Wire, the American Camp Association's podcast. On today's episode, I had the chance to talk with uh, the winners of the 2018 Eleanor P. Eels Award for Program Excellence. Um, Just a little info about the award. Eleanor P. Eels was a leader and inspiration within the field of camp throughout her life. She was an active participant in the Settlement House and Social Service Agency camp movements and a pioneer in therapeutic camping. She was one of the founders of the Fund for Advancement of Camping and served as its director through FAC's formative years. She had an equally important influence on the American Camp Association. She worked with FAC to support programs such as ACA's 1970s Standards Research and Rewrite, the Pilot Camp Director Certification Institute, the Camping Unlimited Intergrouping Project, ACA's Last Reorganization, and Securing Government Funding for Campership Use. Her greatest contribution was helping individuals and camps start new programs. When these programs were operating, she shared results with countless others. Her life was an example for the camp professional. The first recipient of ACA's highest honor, the Distinguished Service Award, Eleanor Eels passed away in her 94th year in Calgary, Alberta. Presented each year at a national conference, the Eels Award for Program Excellence honors camps that develop effective and creative responses to the needs of people and or societal problems by using the camp environment, encourage continued development of those ideas, stimulate the exchange of creative ideas, and present to the public examples of positive contributions camp has made on the well-being of individuals and society. Today's episode is made up of five brief conversations that I had with with directors at each winning camp. Louise Russo, and I'm the executive director of City Kids Wilderness Project. And City Kids is a youth development organization that enrolls new youth in the sixth grade. And then we provide services and programming and support from sixth grade through high school graduation. And so our summer camp program takes place in Jackson, Wyoming. And we run three sessions of summer camp for our youth. Um, For our middle school youth, we have a girls' session and a boys' session. And then we have a co ed. the session for our eighth and ninth graders. And concurrently during the summer, we have a, a program for our high school youth, which we call the Job Experience Training Program. And so for short, that's JET. And our JETs can serve as JET camp leaders, so kind of like junior counselors in cabins, where they also have the opportunity to be a part of our career exploration and internship program, where they can explore different careers that they're interested in through job shadows and workshops and one or two week long internships. And so we're a year-round program, and so that the summer camp is really um, like a hub for our entire camp community. But during the rest of the year, we're operated in Washington, D.C. So we have an after-school program for our middle school youth. We are out on outdoor adventures every weekend. So next coming weekend, we're going skiing with our kids. Um, yesterday, we had a Martin Luther King Day with our youth and families. We're out canoeing, kayaking, camping, hiking, kind of anything and everything in the D.C. area. Um, And then as our youth grow through the program, the program grows with them. So again, we have our year-round job training program for our older high school youth, and that includes after-school trainings, 
service learning, programming, um, and other opportunities that are really specific to the high school age group. So thinking about um, their futures after high school, college, and other vocational and um, educational opportunities post high school as well. Um, I think I saw online for the summer camp part of it that the sessions or the number of campers in each session is relatively small um, to keep a specific staff to camper ratio. Uh, yeah. Can you talk about those numbers and the staff number and, uh, and what that's like? So we're a relatively small program. We work with 130 youth and young alumni every year and about 90 to 95 youth will come out as a part of our summer camp program. And so each session will have between 30 and 45 youth total. And really we try to keep our staff and student ratios really low. So at a, um, we have at least one to four ratio and oftentimes um, we even have more staff than that for, for um, camper group. And really that's around some of the programming that we do. So we do a lot of backcountry programming. We're out um, backcountry backpacking, um, we're doing some really high adventure things like whitewater kayaking and climbing. And our goal is to work with our youth for the long term. And so really providing comprehensive support um, through our incredible staff and through the community um, that we've built as a program is really important. Is there a kind of a difference between your, obviously your summer staff and your DC staff or are you, do you, are you volunteer, do you have lots of volunteers or kind of what's the makeup for the, the rest of the year model? Yeah, so we have a core group of year-round staff, and that's made up of our um, full-time team, which is based in D.C. during the school year, and then most of our full-time team moves to Wyoming in the summer, and then we have two year-round staff, or now three, we just added a third, three year-round staff who are based in Wyoming, and then we'll hire another 15 to 20 summer staff to just be based at our summer camp program. You know, everything from a Wrangler to our kitchen staff to our wonderful counseling staff. Um, and they really are the heart and soul of what we do out in Wyoming. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, you kind of have mentioned a couple things like the activities that they're doing, um, but can you talk about the program, like uh, why, maybe the why of it and why it's designed the way it is and how it benefits the campers? So City Kids, our programs are really intentionally structured and our, our goals for our youth are really around building resiliency, broadening horizons, and ensuring skills for success. And what that looks like on the curriculum and on the program level from year to year, it looks different based on the age group. Um, so for our early years, you know, our youth are really just exploring the outdoors and our goal is to really use the outdoors as a tool for youth development. So overcoming challenges, you know, building resiliency, persistence, team building, um, working together, all critical skills that our youth are building. And then, then as they grow through the program, they take on larger challenges, um, they overcome larger challenges, they work together to really figure out how to move forward through difficult times, you know, whether that's whitewater kayaking or, you know, really big storm in the backcountry and then figure out how to really translate that back into their goals for the longer term. Um, and so goal setting is one of those things, uh, really a thread of our curriculum as well. So when they're younger, it's much more day-to-day -day goal setting, you know, focused on a personal goal, um, maybe an athletic goal around, I wanna be able to climb to the top of the mountain today, um, and then maybe a team goal. And as they grow, those goals really change to focus on what do I wanna do after high school? and building a kind of a map um, for what that looks like. And so part of that 
his part of the program really focused on job shadows and exploring what's out there and then figuring out, okay, great. So I'm a high school sophomore now and I'm interested in being a vet or a doctor or owning my own business or, you know, whatever each child might be interested in and helping to build a map for what that looks like. So what is the educational plan for that? What does it look like to pay for that kind of education? What are the salaries like in that kind of field? And what does it take to really move forward in that? Do we have connections within our own community to help, um, you know, introduce to job shadows or just kind of one-on-one -on -one conversations to help paint a broader picture around that? And in the past five years, 97% of our high school youth have graduated from high school. And that compares to the DC average of less than 69%. And our goal is to really focus on increasing the number of youth that we're able to serve through the entire length of the program and really focus on um, building the amount of support that we have for our young alumni as they're making that really critical transition to college and other post-secondary opportunities. Wow, that's great. So why camp? Why the, why the wilderness part? Why not just um, all 12 months of the year do, uh, do the normal structure? What is it about the, the outdoors and go into that location that, that you've decided to do or, wh or why have you decided to do that? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And I think for anyone who's ever spent time outdoors, the answer is so obvious. But I think mm -hmm. being in D.C., that's something that we really often have to talk through in more detail with um, some of our community members who may not have been as connected to the outdoors in the kind of way that someone who grew up going to summer camp or having, you know, experiences in the outdoors with their family or friends may have been. Um, but there's something just it's so special that, that comes together when a group of individuals are traveling in the backcountry together or spending summer after summer at camp. Just those relationships that are built, um, you know, the, the power of teamwork, um, the power of personal accountability, being able to achieve things that you never thought were possible. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I think nine out of 10 of our kids would say something along these lines is, you know, what have you gotten out of your time with City Kids? You know, it's been seven years, you've been in the program, um, and often they'll say, well, there's no challenge that I can't overcome. Like, I know I can take on hard things. And to me, that that's really what success looks like. Um, you know, life has lots of bumps in the road, and being able to figure out how to set a plan to move forward um, and really approach challenges in a positive way. Um, and and to know that we're not alone in this work is really important. So camp is a really special community of people who are so positive um, and really reinforce the, the power that each individual has to move toward, um, forward in achieving their dreams. Awesome, great. Well, you guys are doing a great job and it's well, a super you. cool program. Thanks so um, much for I, your time and for your support. We really yeah. love the ACA, so thank you. Yeah, thank you, and thank you for everything that you're, you guys are doing and for talking to me. Thank you. Take care. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I'm Jim Newt, uh, Mayhew's Executive Director, and, and Mayhew it has a summer program, a camp, uh, but it's also a year-round program. Um, and so we've been around since 69, and and uh, what Mayu has always been about is about uh, challenging and helping at-risk New Hampshire boys to believe in themselves, uh, work well with others, and find their best. And the way we do that is through a really intensive summer experience on uh, Newfound Lake in, um, in Bristol, New Hampshire. And it's, it happens to be literally on Newfound Lake as it's a Mayhew Island. 
Um, and the boys are with us for 25 days and then they go back home and we go back with them. Uh, we, we're working with them throughout the school year, uh, you know, being there if, when things are really going haywire and, and not going well, uh, and also being there to, to cheer from the sidelines when things are going very well for them. So uh, just to remind them that there may you guys just as much of the middle of February in, in Manchester, New Hampshire, as they are in the middle of uh, Newfound Lake uh, on a beautiful July day. That's awesome. Um, the other thing I should add is, you know, Mayu is is an eight-year experience. Uh, so the boys start with us when they're 10 or 11, and we're with them right through their high school graduations. Uh, and it's all tuition-free, and that's by virtue of the support that Mayu receives from so many folks who say, hey, I want to I wanna help the guys. Wow. That's, that's really awesome. Um, so how many, how many kids is that typically in a, in a given time? Sure. Well, we, um, there are three phases of the program and the first phase is, uh, at age 10 to 12, the boys are, um, on the, uh, on the Island for a full month. And then we see them during the school year. The next phase is what we call link up. That's for the 12 to 16 year olds. And that's a much shorter summer experience. That's four and a half days, but they get the continued school year mentoring. And then the last phase, which we call the extension, uh, is for the 16 to 18 year olds. And um, they, they, we are seeing them year round um, and they come out and, and help the younger boys in the program during the summer. So all told with all three phases, we have uh, 236 boys across the state right now um, involved from anywhere from age 10 to age 18. Wow. So, um, can you talk a little bit, um, you mentioned there's sort of, I guess they're in a, in a camp sense, there's sort of two aspects that I'm hearing. There's the program itself at camp for uh, its session length. And then you, you really go above and beyond and stick with them for a really amazing amount of time. Um, exactly. So can you talk about the program itself and kind of what's going on at camp and then also talk about what you, how you program, how the program continues away from camp? Sure. So, so at camp um, on Mayu Island, um, from the first day of the session to the last day, it's a 25-day residential overnight experience. Um, the boys are in cabin groups and they do everything in the program through the context of their cabin group. Um, there are six cabins, uh, cabin groups and seven boys per cabin. And when you're playing sports, it's your cabin against another cabin. When you're eating, you have your own table where <clears throat> just your cabin sits uh, for all three meals. You have your own physical cabin where you sleep. Um, when you go hiking, it's your cabin group going on the hike. Um, there are very few times during the, the program when you're not with your cabin. Um, and uh, so it's really your cabin group is your family away from, from home, really, um, for better or for worse. Uh, as we all know, there are, <laughs> there, there are some really great times about, uh, you know, working together with a group um, and, and a lot of fun times. And uh, I'd like to think that the majority of it is fun and, and terrific. But there are also some challenging times and frustrating times, and that's part of life, and, and that's part of the experience, too. In fact, you know, I would argue that, you know, that that counterbalance makes the, the good 
the good times all the better because you really appreciate them. Um, and you certainly learn from both. So um, in terms of activities, we, we do, we have four different sports programs that all the boys are involved in. Uh, we have swimming and crew rowing. Um, we have something called work hour where the boys as a group tackle certain projects that all need to be done uh, to keep Mayhew functioning. They get paid a certain amount of Mayhew money depending on how hard they work and how well they work with their, with their cabin mates. And they can use that money to buy things in the Mayhew market. They can also choose to donate that money to a charity uh, that's chosen at the beginning of the, the summer. Um, just to reinforce the idea that, hey, everyone has something that they can give to others and, and, and help others. There's an extensive ropes course and, and uh, both high and low elements. Uh, lots of activities, lots of ways that we challenge the boys. And then when the boys go back home, <clears throat> they're living at home. They're going to school as they normally would. We're seeing them uh, a lot like the Big Brother program where we're seeing them on a regular basis at least once a month. Um, and it's nowadays it's closer to twice a month. And if a boy's really having a tough time, we're seeing him as often as he needs to, to be seen um, to get that support that he needs. And uh, again, that's mm -hmm. happening throughout the school year. And then summers, they're, they're coming back to Mayhew Island and um, involved with the program that way. Why camp? And what I mean is, why is this such a, why is this the avenue that you think is in, uh, such an impactive thing for these kids? Because there are a lot of reasons why, but I think I would I would distill it down to, you know, camp is a chance for, and regardless of the the program, um, camp is a chance for kids to get away from their lives at home and and at school and in their neighborhoods, and kind of be in not only a very different environment but have an opportunity to truly build themselves away from everything that they've ever known. I mean, it's, a, it's an incredibly powerful experience uh, for anyone um, to, to take a step outside of your, your normal everyday life and to, to build yourself and to build a life kind of outside of everything that you've ever known. It's, it's incredibly intimidating. It's challenging. Um, and because of both of those things, it's incredibly worthwhile. I mean, I don't think there's any experience like it that, that can, in such a short amount of time, help an individual um, find him or herself in a whole new light. Well, Sam, thanks so much. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'll look forward to hearing the piece. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay. Thanks right. a lot. Have a good one. Um, so I'm Sarah Darren. I'm the founder and the chief experience officer of Experience Camp. Um, it started almost 10 years ago now. This will be our 10th summer coming up. And uh, really out of a lot of different circumstances. One of those was that I had married into the camp world. And I came out of the corporate world, um, found myself in this amazing sort of environment of camp and the values and the um, the special things that everybody knows happens at camp, uh, which I had actually been pretty unfamiliar with up until that point, having come from a very different type of uh, background and, and, you know, professional world. And I just saw this really great opportunity to take the, the camp that we had, the people that we had, and start to offer some opportunities for kids who otherwise wouldn't get to experience 
all that we did offer at the camp that we owned, which is which was Camp Manitou. Um, so we we kind of started looking for a cause, started looking for sort of where we wanted to direct all of this great energy we had. And around the same time, there was a girls program in Maine right near us who reached out and they were looking for a boys camp who would do a brother program for a bereavement program they had started a couple of years earlier. And it just sort of all, you know, it all came together in a way that um, that things like this often do. And uh, we said, sure, we'll do it. And it really kind of came around the time that we had experienced some loss in our own uh, personal network as well as within our camp world. So all arrows were pointing in this direction, and we just ran with it. Um, the first year, which was 2009, we had 27 campers, all boys. Uh, we had about 30 volunteers, so a pretty remarkable ratio at the time. Um, we got to the end of that week, and I think we were all just floored by what had happened, um, every one of us, the adults, the kids, and we just knew that something special was happening. So we decided to do it again and again and again, and uh, as we kept going and, and sort of more people helped us pick up steam as we were going, we expanded. We moved, uh, opened a, a second location in California. Then we opened a third location in New York. This past summer, we opened our fourth location in Georgia. And we've gone from those original 27 campers in 2009 to we had over 400 campers across four locations this past summer. And we have plans to keep going and keep growing. So it's Great. been a pretty amazing journey so far. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So what's a typical number for like each one and how, what are their sessions like? Are they uh, all summer or are they shorter? It, it, that, so the session length, each one is one week. So oh, okay, the location great. that we have is sure. one week. They tend to happen at the end of that camp summer. So our host camp, wherever we hold that camp, runs their normal you know seven-week program or whatever they do. And then at the end of that session or at the end of their summer, we, we come in and, and rent basically the facility for a week um, for our program. Great. Uh, the, the size of each location is different just depending on how long we've been in that location. Uh, like I said, we've been in Maine now for almost 10 years. We have about 150 kids in that location. Um, we're actually opening a girls program as well at a neighboring camp in Maine this, this coming summer. So we'll have another, you know, probably 40 to 60, depending on how enrollment goes. Um, so it ranges anywhere from, I'd say, 40 to 150, depending on the location that we're in and how long we've been there and how much we've grown. Um, the camps are 100% free to all the kids who come. And all the kids who come, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, are children who've experienced a significant death loss. So that's usually a parent or a sibling. It can also be a primary caregiver or anything that is parent or sibling-like. So if it's a family that you know, there's a cousin that lives in the house who's a very integral part, and it really impacts a child that that person isn't there anymore. Um, that's what we would consider a significant loss. So everybody there is there because they've experienced something similar. Even though every child's grief experience is very different, they find that connection through their own shared experiences in ways that they most likely and often don't have in their normal home life um, or in their school life. There's... Um, you know, there's so few children in each location or, you know, they're scattered about that they often don't know each other. Um, and it can be very isolating and it can make kids feel very alone when they're experiencing anything that's different than their peers. Um, and then to layer on top of that, experiencing something different than their peers, that is also creating this huge hole in their lives where, you know, somebody really meaningful and important to them used to be. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty powerful week for them to be there and, and be around other kids who get it. 
Right, right. That's the key to your whole program. So can you talk more about this, like the specifics of the program and how are you um, meeting those needs with your staff? And um, you can get, you know, maybe go into that a little bit. And I also want to ask you about staff training as well after that. Sure. So about 85% of the week is just camp. Um, it's all of the traditions and the, you know, your typical camp stuff, the rah-rah, the, um, the s'mores, the sports, the creative, the, um, the experience of being in a cabin with other kids and just playing games or painting your nails and doing your hair and just all the, the silly things that really just create connection and create opportunities for kids to bond um, away from technology and away from home and their parents and all the things that we know that summer camp does for kids. Most of the experience has, has, has the core of that. Um, the other, what I call 15%, is the grief aspect of it. So as I mentioned, a big part of a big part of the experience is just the kids being there. It's just knowing that everywhere they look, that everybody around them understands what they're going through, and that alone gives them a sense of relief. It gives them a sense of connection. Um, it gives them a sense of normalcy, which is a huge thing. Um, you know, on the clinical side, that a lot of times they feel different. They don't feel normal. They don't know that being sad one second and laughing the next second is okay or normal. They feel like they could be really different from other people and that people don't understand them. So here, everybody understands them. So that's the first thing. Um, but then we also have a team of licensed clinicians that help facilitate peer support opportunities. So we are not therapy. We don't, we don't provide therapy, but we are a therapeutic model. So we're providing the kids their own opportunities to sort of to, to do the work themselves, to, to find those connections with their peers and to, um, to find, like I said, that normalcy just through that connection and through understanding of each other and hearing other kids' stories and telling their own story. Um, so we do have the licensed therapists there, licensed clinicians, but really just to facilitate those opportunities and to help when needed. Um, you know, anytime you're going to peel back some emotional layers, there's going to be stuff behind it that kids will need support. Um, most of that support will come from the kids, from their counselors, and just the, the normal course of the day. But, of course, we want um, that professional support as well for when it's needed. Um, all of the counselors, the bunk counselors, are volunteers. So across the program, we have over 200 volunteer counselors that give up a week of their you know, work, school, et cetera, to come and create what is, I think, the, the soul of the experience, which is just this energy that they put into it. Um, many of the counselors, however, certainly not all, have experienced their own losses. So for a lot of them, there's this really deep and meaningful connection to be able to take maybe something that had happened to them when they were younger, a loss that they had, and channel it into something really positive by giving these kids this experience. So they take, you know, all of that emotion and put it into something that becomes this, like, joyful, loud, exuberant experience that that's provided for the kids. I mean, it's like it's like normal summer camp, but amplified. Um, and there's just so much energy and passion that goes into it that it becomes, you know, what we call magic. Um, so that is really the, the core of it is just that energetic, exciting, um, you know, amazing experience that the volunteers create. And then the kids sort of ride that wave and then become part of that wave as they grow up through the program, as they then go on to become counselors themselves. And then they get to pay it forward. So it becomes this really great model of continuing their own journey through giving back. Yeah, with my experience in camp, there's a lot of camps have, you know, the good camps have their own great camp culture. 
Um, and some of them take decades and decades to really cultivate. It seems just from kind of doing a little research about your program and watching that really powerful video that there is a deep culture there um, sort of immediately. And I think may maybe that has to do with the nature of the program, but it seems like your staff, uh, whether, whether they've been through something similar or not, have really bought into what's, what, they're, what they're doing for the week that they're volunteering. They definitely have. And, you know, I, I sometimes say it's a bit of a self-selecting group. I mean, anybody that's going to give up a week of their time to come and volunteer at a summer camp and live in a bunk with a bunch of boys and girls and, and the noise and the, mm -hmm. the dirt and all of that stuff, um, they tend to be good people. And so we, we have this really fortunate position of being this place that attracts the most amazing people. And they come with that energy and they come with that passion and just desire to be part of the goodness in the world. Um, so that I think that is part of that culture. But yeah, we started with um, some pretty passionate camp alumni, um, and then they brought their friends, and they brought their friends, and good people know good people, and it just sort of continued mm -hmm. from there. So we have been really fortunate in the way we've um, attracted these, you know, the best of the best in the, what I think, in the whole world. They're just exceptional people, all of them. Great. Um, do, do you find that you have campers staying in touch with each other or staying in ch touch with um, staff on a regular basis? Staying in touch with each other, definitely yes. Um, staying in touch with staff is highly discouraged and somewhat prohibited. Yeah, so okay. we that's hope that they're not. That's um, a good point. Although that's always a tricky conversation to have when those, you know, they especially with the older kids who get really close to their counselors and have been with those counselors for a few years after a while, um, it is always hard to say, you can't see them again until next year or until a reunion, uh, but they definitely do stay in touch with each other. And, you know, certainly with um, most kids having cell phones and most of our age groups, they, you know, they quickly exchange numbers and they're texting and they're, they're messaging and doing all the things that they do. Um, and then we encourage them to really stay in touch with us through our Facebook channels. We do, um, you know, we, we do different webinars throughout the year or sort of, you know, chat sessions to, that we try to help arrange so, so that they can all get together that way. Cause they're not always great at organizing and arranging the group things, but they will stay in touch directly. Um, and then, like I said, we have two reunions in each of our regions now, so they have an opportunity in the fall and in the spring to get together and see each other if they're able to. Mm -hmm. Why, in your mind, why is this such a great avenue for these specific campers compared to other sort of therapeutic models? Oh, there's a lot of answers to that. Well, um, okay, so I mean, you I, don't have to go all, you know, just maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, in general, kind of why, why is, why do you think camp is the right, the right, met, the right avenue for some of these kids? You know, I've heard one of our, um, one of our clinical directors who has started and founded year-round bereavement centers in her community um, has said, a week of camp is you get as much, a kids get as much out of a week of camp as they do from a year of the year round services. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, one is like I was saying before, just the nature of camp, just the nature of a being away from your home environment, b being away from your family. Um, in these kids cases, being away from their parents, their caregivers or surviving parents or both parents, if it was a sibling loss, um, also removes them from another aspect of their grief, and that is responsibility. So just the, being able to not have to consider 
all the people around them in their lives, whether they're worried about, you know, making their, their dad feel sad that they're sad and knowing that they have a responsibility now, as, you know, especially with the boys that we often talk about, you know, you're the man of the house now. There's, there's so much additional pressure that's added to a lot of these kids when somebody, um, especially a primary caregiver or primary earner in their home dies, um, that this is their chance to just be kids. And there's a lightness to that that immediately happens when they get there because they don't have that responsibility. They don't have the burden. Um, a lot of the kids say, and this is almost kind of contrary to what you would think we would want them to do, but a lot of them say they get there and they can just forget about their grief. Um, and really they haven't, but they just don't have to wear it mm-hmm. in all of the ways that they do when they're at home. Um, so there's a lot in just being away. I think that's that's a huge part of it. And then I think the other part is being in that cabin with all those kids and creating this bond um, with that unspoken, initially unspoken connection that everybody just knows. You just know why you're there. You know that without even saying anything that everybody around you has experienced something like you have. Um, and then we start speaking it. And that's another part where, you know, most kids don't have an opportunity in their normal home lives, in their school lives, to just go, hey, my dad died. Because that makes people uncomfortable, and then that makes them uncomfortable. And it's just they avoid it, and they, a lot of families don't want to talk about it. And they have a, there's a culture, unfortunately, in our country, which is starting to change, fortunately, um, where people don't think you should talk about grief or talk about death because it, you know, it's just an uncomfortable topic. Well, here we talk about it, and we encourage the kids to talk about it and share their stories and remember their person. And... Um, I think all of those things and so many more just kind of come together to create um, something that you, you can't find outside of a camp experience in, in the, at, at the level of depth that we do at camp. Good. Well, thanks for talking. I really appreciate it. Same. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great day. You too. Now we're going to take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsor. This episode of Camp Wire is sponsored by USA Triathlon. USA Triathlon, the national governing body for the sport of triathlon in the United States, wants to get more kids involved in swim, bike, and run. They're launching a triathlon curriculum special for camps next month at the American Camp Association National Conference. Camp directors can access the curriculum at usatriathlon.org youth any time after February 23rd, giving more kids than ever the chance to cross their first triathlon finish line. That's usatriathlon.org slash youth. Now back to the episode. Um, my name is Scott Lambeck. I am the director of camp and facilities at Horizons. Uh, Horizons is a nonprofit agency that supports children and adults with developmental disabilities. And we have a 10-week-long summer camp program. I've been with Horizons for 16 years. Um, so our camp program is like a traditional camp program where you have swimming, horseback riding, crafts, sports, music, drama, all the, the fun activities you would have at a traditional camp. Um, our campers are campers that have uh, intellectual and developmental disabilities. Um, we have campers as young as uh, 8, 9, 10, um, all the way up to their 70s and even 80 years old. Um, So most of the campers that we support are adults. And I think that makes us a little bit different than a lot of other camp programs, um, some of which kind of end around the the 20, uh, 21 year old age. We don't age out where we have campers that um, have actually started with us as teenagers and now are in their 
uh, 40s and 50s. So wow. we uh, continue to kind of grow with, with our campers and, and develop, but we do all of the fun things you would do at a traditional camp program. Um, and we gear our activities a lot more towards uh, adult and adult ed type activities than we do, um, you know, uh, small children camp games and activities. So I would say our average camper age is probably mid to late 20s. Uh, so we really do kind of gear the activities more towards that adult aged camper um, because most are teenagers and adults. Wow, that's that's really cool. I didn't realize that it was such a range of ages. Um, so in any given time, how many how many campers and with that range <clears throat> do you have in a session? Sure, we have uh, roughly 160 campers. We're a residential camp program and we have campers that stay for two week long sessions. So every two weeks, um, you know, they're living in a cabin with counselors um, that support them and bring them to their different activities. Um, we do the two week long session because we really believe in the relationship and uh, sometimes routine and relationship takes a little bit to develop. Um, I think we're, we're some, somewhere around 90 to 92% of our return rate for campers. So a lot of our campers that come, come back um, and there's actually a, a pretty small pool of campers that that's their first time, but that relationship piece changes every year. So the staff members that they have, um, maybe it's a counselor that they had from last year, but most likely it's a new counselor. So building that relationship um, and that routine kind of does take a few days. So we do have the two week long session um, and uh, that, that really works well for us. So that routine relationship is important. Um, a lot of structure, um, routine is definitely key. So we try to keep our activities around the same timeline. Uh, the activities are set for our campers. So though, although the activities change day to day, it's a set schedule Sunday through Saturday. So they can, it can be Tuesday and they know what they're doing on Saturday, um, where they're going to go, who they're going to be with. So um, it's really laid out for the campers very well. Great. And so can you talk a little bit about um, sort of, I mean, how many staff would, they, would that be? And what, what kind of the age ranges of the staff? Do they vary just as, as much as the, as the campers? Uh, sure. So we have roughly uh, six to eight campers per group. We advertise as a five to one camper to staff ratio. Um, all the groups have more than five. So there's always two staff members with the group. A lot of times there's three. So a group that would have six or, uh, or six to eight campers would probably have three full counselors in the group, a junior counselor and a program counselor. So all of those folks would be living in the cabin and supporting the group. Um, count, counselors and junior counselors stay with the campers throughout the course of the day. So they're um, waking up, helping get dressed, helping get ready, having their meal together, um, and then a program counselor would go run the program activity. So the lifeguard would go to the pool, the arts counselor would go to arts, um, and they would run the activities there where the counselor, general counselor would stay with the group. Our staff uh, age is typically between uh, 18 to 24. We have a small group of staff members that are junior counselors that are 16 and 17 year olds that have uh, less responsibility 
but are with the group. Um, and we have a roughly 120 to 130 um, counselors and program counselors that all live in each of the cabins with campers. So it's a pretty, a pretty large uh, group, although we have lots of time off too, um, and we're kind of unique. And I don't know of another camp, we actually take a break in the middle of the summer. So we have our orientation week and then four weeks with campers, and then we have a week off in the middle and then four more weeks with campers. And that's, that's by design uh, for the benefit of your staff or for another reason? Uh, benefit of the staff, oh, 100%. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's definitely um, a, a great job, um, but we're, you're on 24-7. So mm -hmm. if there's an issue at night and someone's waking up, then a counselor's waking up and possibly getting a leadership staff member. But, um, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, go on at a camp that focuses with folks with developmental disabilities that are things that you probably don't typically see at, you know, at your traditional camp. So I think we all kind of need that um, recharge in the middle, get a little break and uh, to be the most effective we can be for those last four weeks of camp. Um, yeah, it gives out our staff. We have probably a third of our staff are international staff. Um, so, you know, we, we talk to them prior to and it gives folks an opportunity to travel a little bit in the middle or they typically do like large group uh, rentals or things together during oh, that time. Cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. So then really my last question um, is kind of a tough one, um, but why, why camp? Why, um, why is camp? a good well why are you involved in this I guess in the camp world and why is this a, such a great way for people with developmental uh, disabilities sure I think uh, camp was not in my mindset at all uh, I went to Eastern as a sport and leisure management major thinking that I was going to work in the front office of a minor league baseball team or run my own fitness center um, and I, I did an internship at Horizons and really fell in love with uh, camp in general, um, working with folks with developmental disabilities. I think um, one huge part for our campers is when folks are um, school age, there's lots of different programs that are offered for folks up until the age of 21. So there's different social events that they're included in. Um, there's lots of different functions that, that you're able to do. And then once the towns kind of say, all right, you're 21, you've aged out, you're done. Um, there's very few besides like your special Olympics or your occasional like bowling league times where you're able to socialize with other peers. And I think camp really gives you that opportunity where you're able to um, make new friends, uh, have relationships with folks over long periods of time. If you know you're gonna come back year after year, um, meet really cool college age staff members that are there to to help you out um and to you know kind of go through that process with you so i, I think that's where the camp programs really benefit our campers is a big social piece um the other side of that is you, we have a lot of folks that um live with their parents and are adults and their parents are elderly or their parents really don't have a break at all during during the year. Um, so this is a, a respite for um, parents and families a little bit as well, 
when their campers able to be in a safe environment that they're able to have lots of fun in um, and to know that they're gonna you know, be on vacation and have a great time. So it kind of benefits on both ends there. Absolutely. And uh, congratulations for, for uh, winning the Eleanor Eels Award. Thank you very much, Sam. Sure, absolutely. So my name is Jennifer Kobelars. I'm the executive director of Champ Camp and I am in my position for almost eight years now. Champ Camp has been in existence for 28 years, founded in 1991, and we serve kids who have uh, tracheostomies and those who are um, supported by respiratory, um, like ventilators, mm -hmm. um, CPAP, BiPAP. Great. And how, have, how long have you been here at Bradford Woods? Have you always been since 91? Nope, we okay. have not. Our second year ever of camp back in 1992 was here at Bradford Woods, and then we were at Recreation Unlimited in Ashley, Ohio okay. for many years. And then back in 2011 was the first year back oh, here okay. um, at Bradford Woods, which was Great. also my first year. Okay. And we've been here since. Great. So because of the uh, diagnoses of our kids, we are a very medically-based camp. However, we don't want to be like a hospital. We're not a hospital in the woods. This is a very can-do camp. A lot of these kids, when they're in their hometown communities, they don't have the ability or the opportunity, I should say, to uh, involve themselves in all of the activities that are going around. Um, so we here at Champ Camp, we this is a can-do camp. Everything that we do, all of our campers have the ability to do. So we are a typical summer camp. We swim, uh, we um, have a creative arts uh, program. We uh, have an alpine tower climb here um, that all of our kids are able to participate in. We fish, we do pontoon boating, um, paddle boating, and um, our most recent addition is our zip line uh, that Champ Camp was actually able to fund and build here on property. And so our kids have the ability, those who are even in wheelchairs with the ventilators, mm -hmm. um, we designed a special chair for them. They uh, are able to get into that and zip independently wow. uh, down that 375 foot zip line. So they have the opportunity to do all of those um, really amazing, fun uh, programs here. And then from a staffing standpoint, uh, like I said, because of their medical needs, we are all volunteer based mm -hmm. um, and we have physicians, nurses, respiratory therapists, occupational therapists, physical therapists, child life specialists. Um, we have some students who are studying in those fields that come in and assist um, during that week. Um, so we are made up of a lot of different people. And then those who may not have a medical background but just love being around kids and wanting to be you know, part of a, a special summer camp experience. These volunteers, I'm so impressed by them because they take a week of vacation from, let's say, a nurse, for example. She takes a week from her typical job as a nurse mm -hmm. to come to be a nurse at our camp and takes that time of her own. But like you said, it's when they get here, they're not just a nurse. They are counselors first. They are... Uh, they become the hands and feet of our kids who don't have the ability to do that physically. Mm -hmm. And they help with pranks and, uh, you know, all those fun camping experiences. Right. Uh, and they really just engage themselves with these kids. We, we Our main focus is always building a community. Mm -hmm. um, and so we build that tight-knit community with our counselors, our volunteer counselors, who are so amazing, come year after year. Um, and with our kids, and that, that's that bond every year when they come back into camp. They recognize those faces, mm -hmm. um, and it's just a really special, special um, experience that they get yeah. to have. Yeah. So um, how many, maybe you mentioned it, how many campers typically? So we are full at 30 campers, okay. and we max out just about every year at that. Um, mm -hmm. But we staff 
uh, two to two and a half to one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are lots of volunteer counselors right. here, um, but 30 campers um, right. here on property. Great. And that's the session is, it's, you kind of, it's just one session per that's correct. summer, right? That's and correct. it's a week or two? One week. One mm-hmm. week. Yep. Great. One week. Why is bringing these campers here to Bradford Woods um, the, the method that that you're that you're seeking or that they will come to why not just um, provide that care at an after school center or or um, at their homes you know honestly back in 1991 um, our two founders Dave Carter and Nancy McCurdy um, back in 1991 if you had a ventilator a lot of those kids were actually living in the hospitals Mm -hmm. um, because the technology wasn't is wasn't where it is today Mm -hmm. and they said we need to give these kids an opportunity like typical kids have in the summer to go out, be free, be independent. Nature, as I think we all would agree, does something to our soul. Mm-hmm. And having that opportunity to, to get them out of those hospital settings um, and into, um, into nature just was what they felt like needed to happen. And then as we've continued to do that, as I talked about that community that we're able mm-hmm. to build um, and that week-long together, um, with our special unique staffing, if you volunteer to be a counselor at camp, you are here from the very first day of orientation through the end. We don't rotate staff throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because we want that consistency. Um, at home, a lot of these kids may have nurses that come in and go out, or if they're in a hospital setting, they, you know, different people are rotating in. And we want it to be very consistent with those and build those friendships, those bonds, right. um, and build that community ultimately. And we just feel that when you're in nature, um, you're free to be you, um, express. Um, and just, you know, truly in, uh, embrace uh, that opportunity. Right. Great. Thanks so much for talking with Absolutely. me. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. Those are the five winners of this year's Eleanor P. Eels Award for Program Excellence. They'll be receiving their award in about a month at, in Orlando at ACA's National Conference. If you like today's episode, feel free to rate us on iTunes or subscribe on iTunes. Um, also, you can follow us on social media. Uh, We're at ACA Camps on just about any um, of the major platforms. So follow us, talk to us, like our stuff, and share or comment. And keep tuning in to Campwire. All right, thanks for listening. Mm